Star jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. We should be able to hear the magnetic resonance field. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good evening, good morning, or good afternoon. We hope you're having a good day, whatever part of the world you're in. Welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time for a journey through the multiverse of science fiction, science fantasy, and science fact. The Event Horizon features writers, lecturers, artists, filmmakers, and other talented creators of this fabulous continuum we call science fiction. I'm your host, Ralph Carr, for Krypton Radio. On this evening's show... Our guest is popular British artist David Hancock, whose work in cosplay art has become rather popular over the last couple of years. David, welcome to the Event Horizon. We'll be talking about your artwork tonight and uh, the impact that it's had on you and the rest of the world. Yeah, Uh, yeah, um, I've had a look at uh, some of your your artwork on the website that you have, uh, which is www david-hancock.com isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, and uh, very, very impressive. Yeah, there's quite a lot of work on there. These kind of archives going back to when I graduated, just yeah. graduated in 1998, so there's quite a lot of different series of works over the years, but I think more recently it's probably the cosplay stuff that you're kind of interested in. Yeah, well, I, I've noticed that you're um, the, the work that you're doing on the cosplay is incredibly lifelike. Um, you know, there's very little impressionism going on there. It's uh, it, it's really you know, true to life stuff. Yeah, I mean that was one of the things that I was keen to do when I was uh, portraying the cosplays because it goes to so much effort with the costume. Uh-huh. Uh, I wanted to kind of portray them as realistically as possible. So I like the kind of the craft element that goes into it when kind of people make their own weapons out of cardboard or kind of yeah. stuff they find around and I wanted to kind of recapture that in the work as well yeah it, it, it just comes across really nicely and uh, I'm, I'm, I, I personally am very impressed with it um, my colleague Kat Carter um, had your name given to her by, um, by a guy called Max Presnell is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, from the Torrance Art Museum. Yeah, and uh, she she was uh, she was very impressed that you're doing work on cosplay. Obviously, cosplay is becoming uh, you know very much a genre in its own its own right these days. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I kind of see it as almost a, as a kind of a subculture, really. Yeah, there's a lot of kind of links between kind of people who cosplay and and other subcultures like goths and punks and and stuff like that. It's kind of like a I suppose in a way another form of escapism but I, I, what I was interested in particularly is when they also get together away from like conventions when they just meet on a Saturday and particularly in Manchester I assume they do it 
in other countries as well but they just kind of hang around in dressed up as characters and almost take over a space as well so it kind of becomes this area of Manchester is like where the cosplayers hang out so oh I'd love to I'd love to go to one of those um you'll have to tell me which areas they are because I I live just across the uh just across the way in North Wales. Oh, I thought so, you were in LA. <laughs> no, 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 no. no That's why I was suggesting ring at nine, so you have to get up. No, I'm in North Wales, so I'm, I'm just right. well, 40, about 40 miles away. So right. yeah, I, I could quite easily get across there. Um, <laughs> I noticed that you, you spent some time in John Moore's University. Yeah, I did my MA there a couple of years ago. I originally did my BA at Manchester Metropolitan University. Yeah. And then... It took me a long time to get round to doing my MA, and I, I think I must have done it about what was it been about fourteen years after I graduated from my BA. So that's quite a big gap between. Yeah. But I felt it was kind of the right time to go back to education. I felt that my practice, like my artistic practice, needed invigorating, and I wanted to do something new with it. Yeah. And I think doing the MA at, at Liverpool kind of set me off on this whole kind of uh, body of work where originally I was looking at kind of people's relationship with the uh, kind of digital environments and computer yeah. games and then through that that led, led into the cosplay and then I, and as soon as I finished my MA I've, I've started on a PhD now so I'm in the process of, of writing up my PhD paper. Yeah, well that's fantastic. Um, I, I, I was at John Moore's um, studying maths and science Right. Uh, so you know the, the the chances of us meeting, I think, are about ten to the power of my overdraft. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you you would have been sort of up the other end of town, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, we were in the new building that we built on Ducking Dunkingfield Street. Yeah, the yeah. Next, uh, the, the Ang- Ang- not the Ang- yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a lovely university. Um, you know, I'd, I'd recommend it to anybody to go there. Yeah, that no, is really nice. Yeah. 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 So, what got you started in art? Uh. I think it's something that I've always wanted to do since I was quite a young child. I mean, when I was at school, I remember doing uh, kind of drawings of, of warplanes and, and things like that. I, I remember, and I think I was always like one of the best drawers in the class as well. So it's something that I've always been good at. I mean, my mum remembers drawings that I did and I think she's still got some hidden away in the loft somewhere. <laughs> so, that, that's but, what that's what mums do. <laughs> yeah. So I have not I've never seen them and I don't know if she quite knows where they are, but yeah, I think she's still kept quite a lot of stuff I did from growing up. And, oh, that's brilliant. And she's always told me that like I was always kind of the best in the year and, and things like that. So yeah, it's always something I've been good at and then when I was deciding what I was going to do when I finished school. I decided just to go to art school. So rather than do A-levels, I, I just went straight to do like a BTEC course from being 16 and then did a foundation and then did a degree. So I've kind of always really followed that route. So I've always been quite focused on it. Oh, that's great. That's really good. Uh, so... so- if, if, if you, I mean, I, I haven't looked all, all the way through your archive. I, I've sort of concentrated mostly on the on the cosplay stuff. But um, yeah, have, have you have you always been interested in sort of the technical side of things, or or is is that just a sideline? Uh, I suppose. I mean, the style that I'm working in now kind of came about when when I was on my degree. Kind of prior to that, I was 
you're always kind of pushed to experiment and try new things out. And I was always interested in the British pop artists like Peter Blake and Joe Tilson and, and David Hockney and people like that. They right. were always like my favourite artist. And then kind of prior to that as well, I was interested in the pre-Raphaelites because Manchester's got a massive pre-Raphaelite collection. I remember going to the, the museum when I was kind of quite young. Yes, it has. It's rather splendid, isn't it? Yeah, and admiring all these paintings. But when you go to art school, they tend to hate stuff like that and they <laughs> kind of challenge you and get you to kind of change the way that you work and experiment with different different techniques and, yeah. and processes. And then, so I suppose it wasn't until... Uh, much later really that, that I actually got back into working quite lifelike and then I suppose my love for the pre-Raphaelites kind of came out in my work so but I was also influenced by like the American photorealist artists like uh, Ralph Goins and Richard Essers and Chuck Close so they've always been quite a big influence on my, on my work as well mm-hmm. but I think the other thing as well is also, I think for me, my work has always reflected my own interests and stuff that's actually been going on in my own life. So when I was doing my degree back in the 90s, I was really interested in going clubbing and, and that used to be what my work was about. So I'd take my camera out with me when I'd go to nightclubs and just take loads and loads of pictures of people dancing and kind of getting a bit off the heads and stuff like that. and. And and I wanted to kind of reflect that kind of kind of youthfulness in my work, and also what what was happening in my own life. And I think that's something that's that's kind of stayed with me all the way through. Uh, after, after doing that, I did a series of work called The Beautiful People, which was based on kind of young people who were into kind of uh, the resurgent kind of goth music in in the late nineties. So, like, people, kids who are into, like, Marilyn Manson and Corn right. and bands like that, they and they kind of brought a new kind of lease of life to kind of goth music as well. Because back in the late 80s and early 90s, I was really into kind of goth music, but then it kind of died a bit of a death, really, and, but then kind of came back in the 90s with all the American bands. So, yeah, I think my work's always reflected my own interests, I suppose. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's certainly certainly interesting work. And I've, <coughs> the other question that I want to ask you about was um, why watercolor? Uh, Sh- surely that is the most difficult medium in the world to try and grab hold of. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of weird because everybody says that, but I really love working with it. Like all my previous output up till a couple of years ago was always acrylic. Yeah. I always used to use acrylic on canvas. So and I used to love acrylic because it, it, it's it, it dries really quick and it's quite easy to get uh, quite realistic effects if you if you work it quite quite thinly and and that was almost what I've mastered for, for probably like twenty years nearly mm-hmm. and then when I was on the masters in Liverpool I decided to stop kind of painting and focus on drawing so I was using pencil. And then I decided to move the pencil crayon and I really loved doing pencil crayon. And then the problem with pencil crayon is it, it's quite 
slow because you've got to keep changing the pencils every time you're doing another colour. Yeah. And then you've got to search for the right colour that you need. So it, it actually takes quite a long time to do pencil colour. So I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll try watercolours. And it was just brilliant. I'd, whenever I tried to do it in the past, because it's the complete opposite to acrylic. Yeah. Like in acrylic, everything you mix with the white, whereas in watercolour, you leave the paper to, to the white. Yeah, yeah, you uh, leave you leave the so white alone, don't like you? The opposite way round. So I was never able to do it. Yeah. When I was working with acrylic, because I think it takes maybe a month or so to kind of get used to and master, and then and then you, you can kind of do what you want from there, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've done a small amount of painting in the past, I've, but I I started with pastel and, and went to watercolor, and um, I I cannot do oil paint, not for the life of me. I end up with a sea of mud. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> the thing. I think it, I think because if, if you're like me, you need to actually focus on one thing, and you can't really flip between the two. Yeah, it's because it's such an an opposite way of working. I think. If I try to do an acrylic painting now, I might struggle because I'd, it might take me like a couple of weeks to, to get the feel of it again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it, it's because your head's in a completely different mindset. I think it, it's quite a very different way of working. Will you be doing any exhibitions in America? Uh, I'd love to, but uh, <laughs> it's never <laughs> a gallery will, will allow me to do an exhibition. <laughs> You could always you could always have a have a shout at Max. <laughs> yeah, well, he did put me in uh, a group show a couple couple of years ago. March, probably yeah, about two years ago. Uh-huh. I was in that, and then he used to run uh, another gallery in LA called Mark Moore Gallery, and I was in a big show there called uh, uh, the New London School. Mm-hmm. So I was included in that show, and I showed some quite large acrylic ones I think that was probably about 2008 mm-hmm. so and then so but yeah I'd love, love to show in America again well, it, it, it seems a shame if you don't because uh, obviously uh, you know California seems to be the you know the, the, the hub of cosplayers yeah uh, you know, there are just thousands of them <laughs> they're absolutely incredible yeah no I'd love to get my work over there so yeah if there's any galleries out there if you want to show my work right well mom. Well, this is—it's—it's it's a good—it's a good place to have a shout. <laughs> yeah, but um, I went to the—I um, went to the Wrexham Comic Con um, this year, first one I've ever been to, um, and it was absolutely incredible. There were about ten thousand people there, and most right. most of them were sort of one form of cosplay or another. And the lovely thing about it was that you had little children there who'd made their costumes out of cardboard boxes and so on, and they were treated with as much respect as the, as the professional ones. Yeah. Yeah, it was just um, really sweet and really nice. Yeah, I must admit, I do have a bit of a soft spot for the people who kind of fabricate everything themselves at home rather than kind of buying it in. I just yeah. love, like, there was uh, one of the cosplayers who, were, who did a portrait of a they did a Pandora's Tower, which is a computer game on the on the Wii. Yeah. And she made the whole. It, it's got quite this quite intricate kind of sword, which uh, it's really hard to describe. It's it's just got loads of spikes coming off it, and she made it all out of cardboard. It looked like a kind of a really ornate timepiece. 
Oh, wow. And made every single bit of it out of cardboard, and it was just amazing. But, um, unfortunately, I think someone bumped into her and snapped it a lot. Oh, no! No! <laughs> But, but, no, I think that's kind of part of the course, really. Oh, dear. Oh. But when, when I offer to kind of do portraits of the cosplayers, a lot of them will say, oh, oh my costume's broken at the moment, so I'll have to fix it. So I think they're not really made for that, which is which is why when I take the photographs of them, I kind of feel as though I'm almost kind of providing a service for them as well, which yeah. is kind of documenting their their actual outfits for themselves. Yes, that, 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 that's one thing I noticed about your, your work. It's very documentary. Um, yeah. And I love the way that you sort of got realistic backgrounds in there with the, you know, sort of like a juxtaposition of them. And, yeah. And it's a partial background as well. You haven't sort of filled the canvas. There are big white empty spaces in it, like it's imaginary. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things that the work's about, really, because I think... What I'm interested in is, because with the cosplayers, they not only dress as the characters, they try and take on their personalities. Yep. So in doing that, they bring kind of the character's world in, into the, the real world, as you say. Yeah. So, But not everybody is able to see that. So that was one of the things that I chose to do with the paintings, leaving a kind of lot of white paper. So the idea was that you can see the cosplay, but then you can't see what's going on in, in their world, you know, yeah. in the character's world. Yeah. So, and, and I think, and then as I've, I've kind of gone on, I've kind of noticed how the cosplayers kind of change situations and, and locations so it becomes part of the cosplayer's world. Yeah. Which is why I've started kind of actually putting more of the background in now. So, uh, for instance, like when I did the, the Arkham Asylum painting, which is a Catwoman. Yes. Uh, we, we did it on the art gallery in Wolverhampton, but right. like, it's, but the art gallery in Wolverhampton is not only the art gallery in Wolverhampton, but it's also like a New York skyline as well. Uh-huh. So it's got this kind of duality, which both the cosplayer has, but also the location has as well. Right. That, that, that was my next question. Are the backgrounds real places? You just answered that. Yes, they are. Yeah. So, I mean, most of them, I mean, more recently, uh, when I've been having solo exhibitions in a particular place, like I had the show at Wolverhampton and then I had one at Touchstones in Rochdale, I actually contacted local cosplayers and, and worked with the city as well. So, so they choose a location that would actually reflect their character and then I would place them in that environment. There was another one that I did in Wolverhampton, which was, a manga called Air Gear Ricky, uh-huh. which uh, it's kind of based in this kind of Tokyo, kind of futuristic Tokyo, and we found these tower blocks in Wolverhampton, and so the tower blocks are almost kind of stepping for uh, Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> so you've kind of got this kind of weird relationship where 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 the actual place becomes cosplayed as well. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think doing cosplay in Connors Key is a bit doubtful, though. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a bit um, it's a bit sort of end of the universe. Uh, you can do it anywhere. I was up in Aberdeen, yeah, uh, yeah. and doing uh, a Judge Dredd one up there. Oh, fantastic! So I, made, I made a film and uh, I did a photo shoot because there's a, an exhibition in Scunthorpe opening in a couple of weeks uh, based on Judge Dredd, so. The, the galleries managed to get hold of a load of uh, 
uh, the original artwork for the comics, and then they've asked a number of artists to kind of make work in response to Judge Dredd. So I've done a couple of paintings, and I've also made a film as well. So. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I, 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 shall, I shall see if I can get up to that one, because I'd be nice yeah. to do a report. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm hoping to go for the opening on the 12th, so it should be quite good. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, uh, it's uh, so, you know, it, it, the 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 art artwork you know, reflecting the real life thing is 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 just superb. What I found when I'm cosplaying is that uh, reality just gets in the way. Yeah, <laughs> but I kind of I kind of think that's interesting how how they kind of make it part of the world as well. So yeah. so kind of certain objects become part of the fantasy as well and it's about kind of finding these places that that kind of double up as, as the characters well so. what have you got planned for the future uh, next year I've got another solo show at Scunthorpe so I'm doing the Judge Dredd show which runs from October till December and I'm having a couple of pieces in that yep. and then from February next year, I'm going to have a solo show at the gallery as well, which will run till May. So, and um, yeah, that's the only show I've got planned at the moment. So, yeah, hopefully, I've more come as, 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 have more of this. Have you thought of doing anything in North Wales with the, you know, with all the castles and stuff? Uh, I haven't actually, but I don't drive, so it's really difficult for me to get ah. to the place. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I'm up there for, for, for finding anybody really who, who's interested in kind of having a picture taken and doing a photo shoot and then making a painting as well. So. Uh huh. Oh well, anybody who's listening in Wales, yeah. give this man a call. <laughs> Uh, it's it's it, it sounds incredibly exciting, um, and I, you know, I, I wish I knew more about the artwork you know, to, to to be able to talk with, talk with it intelligently with you. With but um, but um, you know, being a scientist, I'm I, I've done art as a hobby, but uh, you know you're you're the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so you, you're not thinking about getting back into acrylics or anything like that. No, I'm really enjoying watching too much at the moment. So, I mean, I, I, I was, I did go back to doing a pencil crane piece last week. There was one that I started about two years ago and I've just never got around to finishing it. I got kind of bored of it. It was, it was a recreation of a, a Casper David Friedrich painting called The Wanderer of the Sea of Mist, which mm -hmm. is, if you know Friedrich's work, it's quite a famous painting. But I did it with uh, uh, a guy cosplaying Link, so he's got his back to the to the to the viewer, and he's kind of looking out over this kind of wasteland. But around his feet, it's it's all quite. There's lots of bit blades of grass and twigs and leaves, and and it just took ages to do that bit. So I got a bit bored of it, but I've actually gone back and finished it off now. So two years later, it's finally done. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I'm, I'm sitting here in my, in, in my, for want of a better word, studio. Um, I've got, I've got the computer open speaking to you. And I've got another one here, um, which is, which I'm just looking up Sea of Myths on, but it's, it's not coming up with it. Sea of Myths, sorry. Pardon? It's Casper David Friedrich. If you put that in, you'll probably find it straight away. Ah, right. 
Casper. Yeah. Casper. David Friedrich. David Friedrich. Casper David Friedrich. There you go. Has the one come up with the guy with his back to the stud on a mountain? Um, there's a C one. Yeah. Let's have a look at images because that'll be that'll be where you can see it. There's complete works of his. Yeah. There's like a mountains thing, all, all spiky sticking out. Uh, yeah, that's his... the sea of ice one. Yeah. Yeah. He's back. He's back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I've got that one. And there's like yeah. a big, the big mountain in front of yeah. it in the mist. So very, with mine, very pretty. Uh, I've just left the paper white so the, the, the viewer can kind of fill in the background, really. So. Got you. But I've done all the foreground where the figures stood. These are all the grass and leaves. So yeah. unfortunately, I've not got it on my website yet because I've only just finished it. <laughs> Look forward to seeing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I can't get over the fact that you're only just up the road from me and, and you've been in sort of my neck of the woods for, for ages and ages um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing your stuff yeah yeah we'll have to meet up for a drink sometime yeah yeah. let us know when you're next in month <laughs> so do you we'll do a lot of cosplaying um, a little bit. I mean, I've been doing it off and on since I was about sort of twenty. Um, right. I'm I'm in my late fifties now. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, yeah, I've been doing it, doing it quite quite off uh, quite a lot. I used to make my own Star Trek outfits um, right. back in the seventies when Star Trek first aired here, um, and yeah, so I've got all the odd looks and you know, stuff like that because. British people don't do that, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I've, I've done it off and on ever since. Yeah, with Doctor Who, you know, sort of had sort of got together all the outfits and stuff like that. You know, Tom Baker's outfit with the big long scarves and you know the hats and things. Uh, but in the last um, in the last year or so, I've been doing it fairly seriously. Um, I was going to ask you about um, sort of doing things, uh, sort of not just not just painting and stuff, but actual craft making. You know, are, are you interested in that at all? Uh, no, I, I, to be honest, I don't really have time because the paintings and all the artwork takes so long. Yeah. So I just, I just never get time to do very much else. To be honest, I mean, yeah. I, I know it's the same when I was doing a lot of researching to the computer <coughs> games. Yeah. I, I felt a bit of a fraud because I, I never, I don't actually have time to play the computer game <laughs> because if I'm making work about it. I think you can spend all your whole life playing the game. So, yeah, I just what I generally do is get one of the, uh, you know, the books that, yeah. uh, that explain what what happens in the game with all the screenshots and everything else. And from those, you actually get a really, really good idea of, of what the game's like. So that's kind of how I learned a lot about the games and stuff that I was kind of researching. So obviously, uh-huh. I play. Yeah, so. Just because a lot of the games are so time-consuming, I was having this, particularly the Final Fantasy ones as well. Oh yeah. So when I was kind of writing about them, I would just uh, read the books and kind of learn a lot about what was going on and who the characters were and what happened in the game through them. So yeah, and it's the same with with kind of. I always think, oh, it'd be really nice to make some cosplays for, for somebody, but 
I just didn't have the time to do it. Yeah, I've, I've been taking bits and pieces and um, sort of steampunking them, you know, sort of putting gears and uh, bits of pipe on them and things like that, you know, so sort of making them look like they were made in Victorian times. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's quite good fun. Uh, my daughter gave me a pair of boots on, on the weekend, you know, sort of long, uh, old, older, you know, ones that she was throwing out, um, long uh, sort of calf-length boots. So I've cut the, the legs off them and turned them into sleeves. Uh, <laughs> so. No, I got I got a book from my girlfriend. Uh, it's, uh, it's quite no, I'm losing you. Yeah, I can't see it in the room at the moment. Yeah, it's kind of like you could make your own like little steampunk characters. It was really good. Yeah, it's 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 quite an amazing phenomenon, steampunk. Yeah, um, and I, I think there's a lot of mileage in it because it's just so easy to make. Yeah, no, I love, I love, I love the whole look of it. It reminds me a lot of like uh, the goth stuff that we were kind of doing in in like eighties with all the kind of mixing of materials and yeah. like that. So, and I think yeah, there's quite a lot of similarities between the two. So, yeah, I think I think if I was still a goth, I would probably be really interesting as well. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely fascinating talking to you. I'm really enjoying it. Um, and, you know, I'm sure the people listening, you know, um, back in Kryptonland will, uh, you know, will, will love to hear about the artwork and cos- you know, cosplay and how seriously somebody's taking it. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, cause, cause obviously, you, you know, you're not doing this for the good of your health. You're making a living out of it. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that no, a joke? I think, I think it's something that, has really kind of resonated with me and, and it's something I've always been interested in. I mean, I've always been kind of a big fan of kind of sci-fi and, and uh, comics and stuff like that. I've, I've, I've kind of read Sandman comics from being yeah. like 16 and, and a lot of the Vertigo titles and Hellboy and stuff like that. So I've always had an interest in that kind of stuff. So I think it's really nice that that I can kind of make work Again, on something that I'm, I've actually got quite a lot of interest in, and it's it's been really good as well because a lot of the the characters that the cosplay done have, have I've just found really really interesting. Like, and I've started getting into some of the Japanese manga as well. Like, uh, I did a lot of work on the Vampire Knights series. Yes, and, yeah. And then I got really into the comic from that. And then at the moment. Uh, one of the cosplayers said I oh, was doing Adventure Time and I just completely fell in love with Adventure Time it's like the best thing ever <laughs> so yeah and, uh, and uh, well, it's my 40th birthday the other week and uh, my friend makes cakes and she made me a special Adventure Time cake oh wonderful oh, um Themed cakes are superb. We made um, a Doctor Who cake for my grandson, um, which was a big blue TARDIS, and the icing was uh, it was toxic blue, basically. <laughs> yeah, my friend probably makes similar stuff. She has to get it shipped from America because the blue that you can get over here isn't blue enough, and the one that's American is illegal over here. That's it. That's <laughs> the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it looks great, but you're not allowed to eat it. Oh, <laughs> well, you are, but it's just it's obviously one of the products yeah you end up with a, you end up with a couple of heads <laughs> oh dear um yes yeah, so, so 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 who who have the, who've been the main influences on your artwork you know the, the the ones that you would say you know have been 
the ones that that really have switched you on and made you made you do what you do? Uh, I think probably one of one of my favourite ones and one of my biggest influences is a is a Swiss artist called Franz Gersh. He was one of the the photorealists, but he was the first one I think to actually a lot of the American ones kind of focus on kind of Americana and American life and doing like uh-huh. miners and cars and stuff like that. Whereas what he actually painted was his friends in, in Germany. So he used to kind of hang around with a, with a group of kind of transvestites during like the seventies and stuff when like during glam rock and stuff like that. And, and he made lots of portraits of them. And, and for me, it was really interesting because it, it was actually somebody who was train a subculture that was kind of part of his own life really so uh-huh. and I think because of that it kind of opened me up to the kind of making work and the, and the possibilities of making work about about stuff that was happening in my own life and within my own circle of friends and stuff like that so I think he was a, a, a really big influence on that I, I, I'm just looking at some of his stuff now and yes I can see there's um the, 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 there's a definite resemblance there. Um, you know, the, the, the ultra realism is, is quite apparent. Yeah, and I, I remember one of the stories paintings in the flesh because his work tends to not be in the UK that much. It's, it's either in American collections or he's got a museum somewhere in Switzerland. And I remember there was a show of his probably in the late 90s in London and I went all, all the way to see it and I, I was absolutely blown over by the scale of them. Like, they're absolutely huge. They're probably about 10, 12 foot tall, a lot. Wow. So they're just absolutely ginormous. So... Yeah, I, I never realised. Even though we have the measurements in the book, you, you don't really get a sense of the scale until you actually see them. So, and you can actually see how they're made. They're almost like uh, you have a pointless impressionist painter, Seraph. They're kind of made with kind of dots. Yes, yes. So, but obviously, because on the reproductions, they're shrunk down <clears throat> a lot. You can't really tell that. No, they're very impressive, um, and the the lady that he seems to paint a lot of, she's she's um, very almost Mona Lisa like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, exceptional. So, so one one of your main influences is uh, Mr. Franz Gersh. Yeah, and I think another influence as well in the free rap life. I mean, I was talking a bit about them earlier, but yeah. I think it was the fact that when I used to go to the art gallery with my mum my mum would always go oh these are amazing like or like it kind of takes a lot of skill to kind of paint like this and I think this was always something that I suppose I aspired to really yeah and then so yeah it's always been a really big influence on on my own work as well so and I suppose I always kept going back to them as well and even when they were seen as kind of very unfashionable. It's only more recently that people have started to kind of reappraise what they were doing. So, kind of prior to that, every, everybody just generally hated them. <laughs> so, <whereas laughs> within the last maybe six or seven years, there's been quite a lot of kind of shows at the state and in kind of other major museums focusing on the pre-Raphaelite work and kind of looking at the work in quite a different light as well. And 
yeah, and I think they've been a, a really major influence on my work as well. And I've, I've also done a series in the past as well called uh, James Says, where a lot of the paintings were also kind of loosely based on pre like paintings. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think the reason that I hated them was, was that I couldn't paint like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just pure jealousy. Yeah, but I think, I, I suppose when I was doing my degree and afterwards, I always kind of assumed that I was a kind of a photorealist painter because I couldn't think of anything else. But then yeah. I felt that my work was very, very different from that because it was more about the subject than the actual technique. And, yeah. and then when I've kind of looked again at the pre-Raphaelite works, I think there's quite a lot of intuitive similarities between the way that I work and the way that they work as well. Your content is uh, is, is quite amazing, and and the the detail you seem you seem to capture the the spirit that cosplayers are are, are using. You know, the, um, you, you've got the enthusiasm there, you've got the detail that they've gone to, uh, and it it just seems to be ex- almost fo- photographic. Yeah. No, I think I think that's quite important because I do want them to be recognisable so that they can recognise themselves in the paintings as well and also the amount of work that goes into the outfits as well. So it's in a way I feel as though I'm kind of representing artists in the, in the kind of a, a way as well that I'm kind of training them and their work. That, that's really nice because you're a, you know, a recognised artist who's recognising artists. Uh, I think that's uh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's what I've been drawn to as well. So, particularly when when you can clearly see that the costume as well. Right, sir. I can't think of anything else offhand. What we'll do is we'll wrap this up now, if you like. Yeah. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Yeah. I hope we can speak again. If I'm through at Manchester, I'll give you a shout, and we can arrange to go out for a for a drink. Yeah. And you possibly go and see these cosplayers that that are there, because uh, I'd love to do that, and possibly even you know, have a chat to, to some of them for for Krypton. Yeah. No, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, sir. So. I'll sign off and thank you very much uh, for talking to Krypton Radio for us. Yeah. It's been really great. If there's any problems with recording, I'll quietly do it again. So. Okay, Maestro, oh, thank you very much. Okay, <laughs> you take care. Thank right. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.